I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And I'm Molly. And we love to watch. We love to watch is looking forward to interacting with a child for the first time. Hey Pete. Hey Molly. Hey Aaron. Hello. Surprise guest. Explaining, yes, a little bit of explaining. First off, welcome to We Love to Watch. The movie this week is Heavyweights. Um, and the our podcast this week this is week, We Love to Watch. We're watching a special movie called Heavyweights this week. And uh, I wanted to bring my fiance on for uh, two reasons. One is that uh, she loves this movie. Two is that she has quite a bit of summer camp experience, both at uh, Christian summer camps Ooh. and regular summer camps. No fat camps, but I think, were you fat as a kid? It was, a little bit. Not, <laughs> Not fat like enough me. for fat camp, you weren't but poor fat for status enough like for me. Jesus camp. <laughs> See, I, I, was super, I was super skinny as a kid. And now I could easily go to fat camp. I feel like <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be one of the stars of the movie. But I would definitely be like you know the the counselor guy, who, yeah, who like is now a counselor, but he was going there for a few years, and he still could probably do a little work. That's a hundred percent where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be like the counselor that actually works out now, and then when they get around all the fat kids, they just like cover themselves in chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're doing this here? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd be you'd be Paul Feig. Yeah. Um Yeah. Was Paul Feig supposed to have been fat at one point? Yeah, so Paul Feig was an ex-fat and see what I did there? As they called him. And yeah. <laughs> he lost all the weight and but he still loves Camp Hope. Uh so he's he's sticking around. Um that's how they got funny guy Paul Feig into the camp, but without being one of the assholes. I wanna know if Paul Feig as a character if the shirts that he's wearing were supposed to also be the shirts he was wearing when he was overweight. <laughs> I think so. But they're also like kind of short. So well, that's like, my you... point is that they're pretty small shirts. Yes. So if he did not update his wardrobe upon dropping a few sizes, those shirts, I, I want to see the before pictures. I really do. <laughs> it is weird though that Paul Feig is in this and Peter Berg, like yeah. the Friday Night Lights guy and Battleship, and, and like... well, and it's written by Judd Apatow. So I, I actually think this is where Paul Feig and Judd Apatow met, and then eventually created Freaks and Geeks based on the friendship that they developed working on this movie. That could be yeah. wrong, but it sounds right because they were both in this movie, and it's three years before Freaks and Geeks. Four we years. don't get, we don't get hate mail yet, Aaron. So if you think something is right, well, just you, say it's right. Well, if we try to send you a letter, it doesn't get there. <laughs> doesn't get there. One two three four Podcast Avenue uh, is not forwarding their yeah. mail to us. Yeah, so I'm very excited. So I think uh, obviously Molly, I don't need to tell you that Peter, as far as I understand, didn't go to a summer camp. Uh, I also never went to a summer camp. The best I did was the shitty like day camp at the Lutheran school. That was uh, literally across the street from my house as an elementary school kid, which I think was just uh, my mom's way of getting rid of me uh, and my brothers, a couple of my brothers uh, during the day in the summer. But it was like it was like school, but the Lutheran it was a church. 
So they didn't even have a playground. So it was like shitty, even like even shittier school. <laughs> they didn't even have a playground. No, they had a parking lot. I also went to day camp uh, at the local college. Um, Did they have a playground? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got pulled in because they said that they would have archery, not unlike Jerry in this movie. He thought that they were going to have go-karts, um, and they ended up not having go-karts, and then they eventually had go-karts. I never got archery at all, and I like was I was like, that'll be a really fun activity. Also, I was like a fat kid that would lose their breath if I ran like 40 feet. So, the idea of like archery was very appealing for me. I'm just going to say, every fact I learn about you just adds more like clarity to the puzzle. Like, <laughs> of course you wanted to be, like, you you would go to day camp so you could shoot a bow and arrow. Yes. Like, all of it, just, it's a really complete picture. Yes. I, that is starting to develop. So even as somebody that lost weight when I got older, I still am like a clumsy motherfucker and I was a clumsy motherfucker as a kid. So I was bad at sports, even though I played football and basketball and all that shit, mostly because my parents made me and it would probably be the only way to make friends. But so I didn't want to go to sports camps. You, you don't think archery would do it? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I would have made friends with like weird, creepy survivalist kids. <laughs> like, Paul says the last year is coming. I'm getting really good if you want to hold this apple. <laughs> Who's Joan Vollmer? I So, yeah, I, I didn't want to go to sports camp because I was terrible at sports. And I didn't want to go to Christian camp because even then I had some sense. So, in this movie, when he says, uh, when Jerry That's says... low blow. <laughs> Jerry says, not going to camp with, I'm not going to camp with a bunch of wide loads. That was also my my thinking at the time. Like, I also wouldn't have gone to to a fat camp where, you know, I could keep up with the other kids. Like, so this, day camp it was. So, this is a weird thing to realize on Mike after we've had this conversation. But I guess I did go to camp because I went to Boy Scout camp. Yeah. You did? Okay. So, Molly, you went to Girl Scout camp, right? I did. Yeah. And I I think that... That's something I'm learning as this came up and, and Pete would say, oh, you went to camp all the time. And, you know, when you're a kid and you do things and you you don't know that that's not normal. Yeah. Or that oh, everyone yeah. didn't do those things <laughs> until you get older. Right. So, like, yeah. I, you know, we met each other and we had different experiences growing up and you don't realize like he thinks it's so crazy that I did go to camp. And like all the I time. can't imagine, like, I don't remember a summer where I didn't go to camp and um, I don't remember much outside of that, like why my parents sent me where they did. I don't remember asking to go, but I don't remember. It was just part of some Being tricked to go. Yeah, it was just a thing that happened. Did, so did you grow up in Illinois too or? I grew up outside of Ann Arbor, Michigan. So oh, okay. about five hours from Chicago. Okay. I'm wondering if, you know, because my... My mom's from Michigan, and she obviously a little older than uh, the people podcasting here, but she always talked about how everyone went to camp in the summer. So I sometimes wonder if it's a regional thing because, like, North Dakota, like, what are you going to go in that wheat field? Like, there wasn't a place <laughs> to go. Well, you so, went to a parking lot, so. Yeah, no. Well, I told you, there wasn't a place to go. I had to find out personally. <laughs> you wish you had a cornfield. Oh, just one, just one strand of wheat would have been nice for some shade. <laughs> the idea of you being in a parking lot as a summer camp, like getting tossed out in the sun to to hang out on asphalt sounds like a prison movie. Go play stickball on the asphalt. It was like, I remember it was like dark asphalt. It wasn't even like concrete. I do think also, though, that where Pete grew up in the Chicago suburbs was far more suburban. Like where I grew up was a little more country. I'm not from out in the sticks or anything, but in general, you know. He's a little bit. Ran in the rock family and roll. And <laughs> 
I would not describe the kid who didn't want to run, so he went to camp for archery as a little bit rock and roll. (laughs) (laughs) But that's for you to decide. He's a a little bit on a watch list. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny that he says he wouldn't have gone to fat camp because everything he just described about not wanting to run points but the missing piece here is that i also am full of shame and self-hatred <laughs> so. but uh, according to this movie you would have fit in great i you know, if i had seen this movie and had a little bit less shame i would have loved to have gone to fat camp this movie is weirdly heavyweights is weirdly a good pitch for going to fat camp like all these kids have so much chemistry every kid has their own place and gets their own job like at the end of the movie each one of the kids gets to be important like that that's a very good pitch for for summer camp in general, and none of the kids ever have to like really change their habits. And they got yeah. to dance with hot girls. And they got to dance with hot girls. That scene is is tough because of how mean it is. So I guess you know I I like that component of the movie, and we'll get into this more when we talk about the movie. I would have loved to see this movie where there isn't a Ben Stiller character and just like kind of a feel good like you know, dramedy about, like, some kids who feel a little bit rejected by their peers and go to camp and, like, learn lessons. Like like Richard Linklater's heavyweights? Yeah, like that. I think, in general, while while I'm fairly positive on this movie, and I did, I saw it a lot as a kid, or I saw it three times in theaters and then never watched it again, so this was a, (laughs) this was a a long-term return for me. I, you know... The star that burns twice as bright. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why I saw it three times in theaters besides, like, we had unlimited options in that we could go see any movie for free at the theaters in town as many times as we wanted, but my parents were extremely strict on what they let us see. So when, like, a PG-rated movie came to theaters, you just kept seeing it over and over because you could – didn't have to pay for it. But, again, only so many heavyweights come out of here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, – yeah, so I, I I really do like that component of it, um, but it, it definitely has a little bit – and forgive the – it's not even a pun, but it feels like a dig. Um, I think the movie a little bit wants to have its cake and eat it too, uh, <laughs> that it found in a tree stump delivered by a bagman um, in relation to like – what how they're trying to like portray these kids because it it definitely wants us to be heartwarmed by the story and it also definitely wants us to laugh at them for being overweight a little bit but i mean we'll get into it in a little bit because i have specific fat kid things that that they do in this movie or things that i did as a kid I, so i was a baby um most people were as as we all were and <laughs> i was the youngest baby in my family so that makes me the baby of the family. Where is this going? <laughs> yeah. And well, were you the so, youngest of like uh triplets or something? Like so, you came out two minutes late. So my armchair my armchair Freudian analysis on this is that I as a kid thought that if I didn't grab enough food or eat enough food that I was going to die and starve <laughs> to death. Because <laughs> I ate so much as a kid, I would eat myself sick. And then also I would steal food from the pantry and hide it up in my room. I was a Chicagoland kid, so I would uh, I had a Michael Jordan like plastic locker. It's about four foot hot, four foot high, and I used to like hide Doritos and Coca Cola in there and hoard it. 
Like, there's specific fat kid things in this movie that seem outlandish to make fun of the fat kids, but they are legitimately things that fat kids do. Oh, so in your head, you were always at fat camp. Yeah. <laughs> but just a very lonely fat camp. I was at, like, fat survivalist camp. That was, like, part of why he agreed to marry me is because I promised I would never put a lock on the cupboard. <laughs> That's good. Or search his locker. <laughs> yeah. Did I mention that Peter has a four-foot Michael Jordan locker on his bedside table? <laughs> It, it would be great if a table. It would be great if he has had that for like six years, and you're like, so that's what it's in it. It's like like <laughs> no, the one shit, thing shit, that shit. I let slide. It's like Monica's yeah. messy closet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know my secret. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, but uh, some of the stuff that is is teasing fat kids. Did you do any of that weird stuff, Molly, that they do in the movie? You didn't hide. You didn't hide food. food? From, you didn't yeah. hide food from your your parents or anything like. I don't think so. Yeah, maybe it's just a weird thing that I did because I'm mentally broken. We also had half as many <laughs> children in my family, so yeah. your your fight for survival was. But here's the thing: it, the, the 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 resources. That's why my youngest brother's dead. <laughs> so the resources question doesn't make any fucking sense. That's why I said it's armchair psychology compared to Aaron who. Aaron has uh, 90, 90 siblings? 90 siblings, yes. <laughs> I'm at 30%. Uh, no, it is. Uh, I'm the oldest of 10. Okay. I mean, two adopted, so they weren't there from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The fact that they were adopted definitely means <laughs> that your house was less crowded for some reason. <laughs> they took up an astral projection version of, of, of a room. Well, I'm saying like they didn't, ado- they didn't adopt them as a baby, as babies. Are you saying they ate less because <laughs> they were adopted? Well, yeah, I'm saying they had, they ate hungry. they ate ten well, they ate ten to eleven years less of food in total based on I'm trying to say like not when we got them but yeah yeah based on when my parents adopted them because they were a little older yeah if well, we're measuring a, that way how many years of food do you think that you hid in, your yeah, yeah. in the course of a lifetime enough oh. to feed an adopted kid <laughs> oh yeah for sure measuring up in like banana pancakes that we that didn't get eaten by my siblings <laughs> how many buckets of fish heads did your parents save on uh, the adopted kids before they were adopted you gotta do the math how many buckets oh we had tubs I told you 10 kids we, we didn't have time for buckets <laughs> Um, did you know that your family, I found this out recently, your family is slightly, is just slightly smaller than my grampy's family was during the Great Depression? That's, it's, again, it's not shocking. I mean, my mom was, came from a big family, considered in the 60s a big family, and they had, there were six of them. So not like giant, but, you know, it was still like kind of considered. And then my parents just like, you know, it's kind of like when you do a joke and it's not funny anymore, but you just keep telling it. And, like, mm-hmm. at some point, it, like, loops we around. We wouldn't know anything like, about that. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, it loops around to, like, I, you know what? It's kind of funny again because they just keep doing it. I feel like the that's Bob parents yeah. and birth control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, for me, you have to understand. It's not as odd for me as the oldest, especially, because we just got – we just had a new one every every couple of years. And so, like, I just was – it was added to my world, like, one at a time. But I imagine for, like, the last one who, like, eventually had gained consciousness and was like, holy shit, there's nine other ones? <laughs> what What is this? <laughs> Am I in a hippie commune? 
I I mean I literally so when my when my youngest brother was born, he was born the I, he was born when I was in college, like I was I was eighteen and a freshman quite in college. A separation. Yeah, and like I went back for Christmas break when he was born. My I consider my uh, oldest sister Natalie like we have ten years apart, and there's like quite a bit of of a of a gap that we had to cross together. For years, I just saw her as, like, a shitty mom junior, and she just saw me as this, like, dumb baby that wasn't hers that she had to take care of. Uh, and then, eventually, we both just became adults. Who was, and, like, who was trying to eat all, the, all her food? Yeah. I was stealing all the Doritos. Um, <laughs> just everything. I used to, I had a bad habit of eating, um, you know those uh, little, like, chocolate morsels that they use for cookies? Like, like uh, semi-sweet chocolate like chips? Like semi-sweet chocolate chips, Yeah. Uh, I used to steal those because we didn't have, like, candy in the house all the time. Probably because a fat child was eating all of it. But, and then I would move on to the cooking. Brain, I, was, I would move on to the cooking <laughs> material. In your brain, you were doing this because you thought you were going to go hungry. That's my way of justifying it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely sounds like a made-up thing that you thought of. Like, this will sound less sad. The reason I asked you a question, Peter, and I'm willing to put literally my life savings on this, that you, at some point accidentally ate baking chocolate. <laughs> Wait, <hold on>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the thinner glass so I can make the real bell sound. It for sure happened. And I had to do the thing where I, I bit in and I had to pretend it was good. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it just looks like the world's biggest candy bar. Yeah, it looks like chocolate. Yeah. That I mean, I'm sure to very, make good. I'm sure I was very young, but this is a confirmed story. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, heading back to the camp stuff. Um, yeah, we didn't. We actually didn't get to hear much about Molly's yeah. camp stories. I was... So, Molly, you stayed at a Girl Scout camp. Yes, I did. W- what else? Where else did you stay? So, I also went to for a few summers, and this is like when you get older. I think when I was younger, I did the Girl Scout stuff, and then the one I went to when I was older was more adventure camp type stuff. You know, where there's just more activities, and you do like high ropes courses and that's probably the first time I rock climbed ever um but that you went to that in high school probably like young teens right like 10 to holy that sounds like a cool ass camp no it was really cool but that's the one that was secretly Christian camp oh that's Um, what I get you I don't remember I was thinking about that when we were watching the movie you know how he's all surprised that he has to go yeah that camp and it was never like that I like I said before, I don't remember asking to go. It was a thing that, like, I had friends that they were going to. When you're a kid, that's yeah what you do, right? Your parents you, probably talk. Yeah, your parents talk, and they're like, that sounds like a fun way to not have kids for a week. And then I would go up to somewhere in northern Michigan. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it wasn't – I was telling Pete, they – there was like a Christian rock band that we would listen to every night. But <laughs> at that point it wasn't, it was just like a fun, you would go and listen to music with your friends and then they would make us do kind of weird meditation type things in the middle of the day, like uh silent journaling type, get closer to God type times. When I remember having thoughts like, I don't think this is what I thought <laughs> I was going to be doing here for a week. But then we this go, like, is a weird lining. combination with uh, last week's episode. Yeah, we did Jesus oh, Camp we, last Jesus week. Camp. But oh. but at least they didn't they they never like got you in a room and told you you were hypocrites, right? I like the I idea remember. that you found out it was a Christian camp by like you're hanging on the rock climbing 
stuff. Like, how do I get down? And they're like, pray. Yeah, they're like, you can say five rosaries and then we will consider yeah. it. One of my friends went to what she thought was horse camp because it was very focused on, um, I guess, turning you into a horse or riding a horse. Either way, um, she was interested in one of those two activities. I can't remember. Um, she went to the, the child camp from the lobster universe. <laughs> Yes, she went to a uh, lobster camp and she uh, and she said it was two weeks into the summer before she realized it was a Christian camp <laughs> because they started slow. They did all the fun activities. And also when you're a kid, like you're not paying attention to that stuff. That sounds really dumb, but that's what I meant earlier yeah. when when Pete would be like, tell me camp stories. I'm like, I don't know. I remember doing all the fun stuff and I remember being confused by some of that. But in the moment, you're just like, oh, I go do this hour long thing where I write to Jesus or whatever I was supposed to be doing. And then like, <laughs> it's like T minus two hours until we get to go zip lining or to the lake or whatever. You know, like when you're a kid, you're not processing that anyone is force yeah. anything on you because like you're a kid and you don't think about it that way and school is also just like mountains of that bullshit that, yeah like, you're just used to as a kid like sitting and absorbing whatever people tell you to do for a period of time so i feel like that's all it was did your friend at horse camp finally figure it out because like they crucified a <laughs> horse <laughs> 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 yes, oh, yes. She's uh, like, yes, of course. Okay. Of course, of course. <laughs> horse, of course. Yeah. A crucifixion. Torture a horse, 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 of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> Does Molly know that's a bit that she just brought back? I don't think so. I don't think so. I no. definitely oh, listen to Very proud episode. of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they started feeding her hay like in week nine, and then she was like, I think. So this you're back to the camp. lobster version again. Yeah. <laughs> like they're yeah. trying they're trying to <laughs> that explains why these people keep trying to ride me <laughs> they want to turn her into a horse so that she might be closer to horse christ so yeah that's the right yep 100 awesome. so the adventure camp that was secretly like run by the chick-fil-a people um, <laughs> and then and it might have been because i've been in a chick-fil-a once and they had all these pamphlets and pictures of like their summer camps, which had like mountains and climbing. So you may have been at a Chick Fil A summer camp. Mm. I didn't. They actually they have their own camps. That's what you're saying. Chick Fil You can go to Chick Fil A camp. Yeah, they do. Yeah, like yeah, an that adventure. That sounds like the exact opposite of Fat Camp, where all you get to do is <laughs> eat Chick Fil A <laughs> and then learn about Jesus. No, I think the only other thing that resonated was in this scene where you know they're they're going crazy, right? They've captured Ben Stiller and they're just eating everything they want, footlong sandwiches, right? And all yeah. this more stuff. I was telling Peter about the one camp tradition that I don't think I've probably thought about in 10 <laughs> years, um, but was something that was like the highlight of, of this adventure camp is we would do what they call a crud war. And um, it was basically like you would They'd split the whole camp into two teams, and then you would spend the whole day getting ready water balloons filled with shaving cream and oatmeal and, uh, you know, just, like, imagine a bunch of, like, gross food items that they would have, uh, flour, and they would bring us out to this massive field, and they would bring fire hoses, and they would, like blast this field with fire hoses so it would get all muddy, and then these, both sides, you would just attack 
from either end <laughs> and just destroy each other and and just get filthy, right? Like you were just. I remember, like, a girl shoving a handful of oatmeal, like, in my face. Like, there there were just no rules. It was actual madness. And imagine a bunch of, like, 11 to 13-year-olds just being set loose on each other. And that's what we... It would be, like, an hour. And then we would all line up and they would hose us off. And then you'd go throw all of your clothes away. And then we would go to bed. And this it was is, just like... This, oh, by the way, this was North Korea. Camp. Yeah, I know. This is like pre-insurance and liability. Right. Oh, yeah. It, it was so dangerous. I I was just imagining yesterday when we were talking about this, how many people likely got trampled in like a mob scene. But this... this it, it is just clear. weird to end camp with, hey, kids, beat the shit out of each other for an hour. Well, that's why I described it to Peter. It's like not quite a fight club, but not not Oh, yeah. It's for... it. it, it so what, what was your weapon of choice? She had a brick, I think. <laughs> yeah, a baseball bat with me. In a balloon. Right. Oh, man. No, I don't I, I don't know why the, the oatmeal sticks with me, probably because I got pied in the face big time. But I... And probably because it really it does literally it stick to you. Sticks, it sounds really yeah, gross. Yeah. It's, it's nasty. But, well, and then the worst part is they continue to fire hose the field, right? They're trying to just make everything, like, gross. And occasionally you would get crossed with a fire hose and you're like a 90 pound child and it would just wreck you. You know, like, like <laughs> yeah. when you get hit with a fire hose, like yeah. those are meant to put out fires several yeah. stories away. I don't want to get into it, but I've seen historical footage that would say that that looks pretty painful. Yeah. And, it, but you're having so much fun. You like, don't care that you probably just broke your leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you like it, the shock, you know, kicks in and then you don't feel it for a while. That's the interesting thing. This was like you pray all week and then you turn everyone against each then other. It's, then it's a lot of now we're going to pl- do a segment in the camp called Where's Your Savior Now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't need your legs because uh, Christ will piggyback you. I wish that before this I had looked this camp up and just seen what they're doing now because to your point, Aaron, like there's just no way that yeah. it's legally acceptable. Um but it was arguably the best part. Part of camp was, of course, the part that is probably not safe by any definition of the word. But <laughs> that was something that I, I remembered being really fun. Now the last hour is just like, all right, everyone, sit down at your computer and just post some shit on people's Facebook page. <laughs> really, really get me. <laughs> yeah. Then at the end, we'll hose you off with our virus. Uh, protection that we have on the network. Uh, you guys go home. But yeah, and then you also, you had a blob. Oh, yes. I almost forgot <gasps> to talk about that. What camp was that? That was also at Christian camp. See, guys, Christian camp was the bomb outside of the Christian <laughs> <Yeah>. part. <laughs> I mean, if you could go there for any amount of time without noticing, it's like, I feel like you could still get through it, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. But yes, Just that was... Dues. So that was another thing early in in Pete and I's relationship where it came up that I had blobbed before. Um, blobbed, blobbed. It's an important being, thing to talk about. Yes, early being the in a verb <laughs> of of using the blob and the like. And I don't Just get it all out there. How it came up? Yeah, it caused a huge fight. <laughs> really upsetting. And I was like, "Am I ready to start this relationship?" Having not blobbed. And the answer was no. No. <laughs> Still not. I didn't see but, you at the Blobs Anonymous meeting. Oh, I go to the one on Fifth Street. <laughs> Which <laughs> one? Yeah. So what was the Blob like? Yeah. See, 
Pete really liked this story because I, again, I do. none of the... <laughs> None of these things come up until you watch Heavyweights and then start reminiscing. Yeah. Um, but I, I am a large person. I'm just shy of six feet tall. And as a kid, I was probably close to that tall already. So when I would go to camp, like I, I was just a really big kid, right? I was always close to a foot taller than all of my friends. And um, then basically, you know, grew until I stopped growing and then everyone kind of caught up. But... I I had to explain the physics of blobbing to Pete because I explained to him that I was like the biggest kid in my age group and so no one could blob me. <laughs> and he thought I meant like I couldn't participate because I was too fat. <laughs> not at all the situation. And so um, we, ha- we, we dove into this a little bit and I explained to him that- Great word choice. <laughs> being blobbed in order to have like the best time possible the person who is blobbing you right so like you blob the person in front of you and then yeah. someone comes behind you and you crawl to the end and they jump and then you get launched into the air and if you're the biggest kid there the person who's coming behind you is smaller than you and you're like not gonna get the exact experience you're so, not getting airborne not getting airborne so I, I would say like most of my time blobbing was mediocre, but then some of the counselors would come. So I didn't feel bad. Maybe, you know, in hindsight, they were probably like, oh, this poor fat girl <laughs> <laughs> isn't having any fun. But that was like such a tried and true fat camp experience that I didn't know I was having at Christian camp, but I definitely was. <laughs> Yeah, because there's definitely kids in heavyweights who we only see jump on the blob, and we don't see them get yeah. blobbed. Maybe Blobbers, not blobbies. Scene, the deleted scene where they are crying because they everyone's having so much more fun than them. We did try and watch the deleted scenes for this movie, and they're the same deleted scenes as every movie. Uh, not watchable. Yeah, I read there's 30 minutes on the Blu-ray that you bought. Yeah. It's a lot of delete scenes for heavyweights. That, like, still merit inclusion. Yeah, one of the scenes is just like, did you know he has an asshole brother? It's like, cool. I'm good. <laughs> so glad we're rounding out the, the family life of these characters. <laughs> so glad we're adding one more bully to Jerry's life. Great. Um, but yeah, was it, were there any other camps that you went to? You went to a Christian camp, you blobbed. Girl yeah, Scout camp. camp. Yeah, that was Girl, Scout, Girl camp. Scout camp was... Just like a lot of songs, mm-hmm. you know, it's like Kumbaya stuff. That was more like field camp. You know, we would go, you were just outside all day and we would like cook on the fire. We'd have to like plan all of our meals and stuff and they'd show us how to cook things if you were camping and then we would do like an overnight. So you learn how to pitch tents, and, you know, Girl Scout stuff. And then most of the day I just remember doing crafts and singing. So that was like... But that was 15 or 20 minutes from my house. So that was not like the adventure Soft of going camp. away from home. You know, I, I would go home at the end of the day. That was just that yeah. was just for the day. Aaron, was your Boy Scout camp like that or did you go away for the No. Camp? So we were actually like in a different state. Uh, it was like a the big boy, like... What did, I don't the know, big, the big he went boy. to the big boy oh, camp. I went to the, I went to the, I went to the big boy camp. Um, <laughs> Chick Fil A camp. Yeah, uh, I'm sure we had Chick Fil A. It's big where boy they make camp. the big boys bigger. Yeah, we we uh, exclusively 
uh, put together all the big boy sandwiches that went to the three remaining uh, big boys in the country. Uh, and that was our job. We were big boys making our big boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Did no, you create it, a big boy? Is it, was it technically a religious camp? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, There's a big but, boy themed band. But we want to we want to be clear. He's just a saint of the church. We don't worship big boy no matter what all the rumors say okay (laughs) like sure do we pray rosaries to big boy yes are we worshiping him directly no we hypothesize the existence of an even bigger boy (laughs) and potentially a biggest boy and that is the trinity of big boys uh that we worship but big boy is the only one that we know for sure came to earth (laughs) to give his burgers Uh, here's, I don't know. So here's what I actually do remember from Boy Scout camp. I hated being in Boy Scouts. My I was made to be in it for a year, and then I did go to the camp with a couple of my friends. And anytime we could, we would go away from all the idiot kids who took Boy Scouts like super seriously, which was 80% of them. And I had a disman. Um, with, like, one speaker that connected to it so everyone could listen. And we found, like, a picnic table away from everyone. And we would just listen to CDs and want the week to be over. Aaron, um, why don't we go to camp together? That sounds, well, like, way more fun. I mean, yeah, it was uh, it was not. I mean, it like, if I don't know if you were in the Boy Scouts. I, I hated it. So many, like, the kids in the Boy Scouts are the worst kids, I imagine. Um... <laughs> In any school district. And the vast majority of them are in there because they are, like, super into all the merit badges and all the weird, like, I'm going to learn how to tie knots and carve (laughs) stuff with my pocket knife. And they are not kids that you want to hang around. And they take all the rules fucking seriously as shit. And, like, you don't know how many times, like, another, like, 14-year-old would come up to me and be like, we're not supposed to be listening to music during these hours. And I'm like... Go fuck yourself. I don't want to be here anyway. Why are you like this? Why? Go. Like, all of these people became, like, young Republicans and are ruining our country. That's what um, I spent I mean, it sounds a lot like they all became Nazi youth. I mean, yeah. I mean, they already have the uniforms. <laughs> like, a bunch of kids minding their own business. Like, clearly not into the whole camp experience. And he's like, well, actually... <laughs> You know the other th- weird thing? I, this is such a weird thing to have such a vivid memory of. But I remember it was the summer of, like, Love. J- Jinko shorts. <laughs> <laughs> of course I was. Were you so rocking you, the Jinx? I wasn't. Okay. I was. I don't even think I, I was cool enough to rock Jinko shorts. But I just remember you could wear shorts, like, at the camp. You didn't have to wear uh, pants or whatever. Um and like it was and there was like you know thousands of kids there and i remember just this sea of shorts that like went down to your ankles that were like as wide as an elephant's trunk with the with the racing stripe down the side and it was like <laughs> there were so many it looked like it was part of the official uniform but no one could decide if it should just be denim or black Nobody should tell white people that they're allowed to, A, wear shorts, and then, B, also be able to wear shorts that can cover their knees. Yeah, I mean, they were, like, capris that had done the opposite of shrink in the dryer uh, (laughs) with a racing stripe. Oh, God. Well, so they can go faster. Gotta go fast. Oh, yeah, you could definitely go go fast with shorts down to your... uh, 
down to your ankles. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Do you think that the this racing stripe what gave them extra speed to make up for the speed lost in terms of drag on the Jinko shorts extra fabric? I think style is weird, and that was a particularly uh, particularly erroneous time in our culture. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna say erotic? <laughs> it was an erotic time. Look, but think yeah. from think from a parent's perspective about like your kid being cool. Do you know what's cool as a parent is like putting some Jenko shorts on your kid, sending them off to Boy Scout camp, yeah, and drinking a lot of wine while you don't have to watch your kid for yeah. a week. Like yeah, that's, and that's why you say like when you're a kid, you at the time you didn't think that was funny, and now hindsight is twenty twenty, and you're <laughs> like, I hated all those dumb kids and their dumb shorts. And my parents yeah. were like, yeah, this was a great break for us. We only had four other kids at home, <laughs> <laughs> while, while Aaron and Luke went off to Boy Scout camp. Well, there there were six, but two were adopted, so yeah. we don't count them. Yeah. They, we didn't have those yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the, but yeah, the, uh, the whole summer camp thing was just kind of, I didn't have like anything really like that. So I wanted to bring Molly on to, uh, sort of illuminate some of her experiences and talk about it. Cause this is of course, summer camp month, Molly, you, you knew that. Of course. Um, and this is a very, uh, this is, this seems like a pretty traditional summer camp, but you, so you like heavyweights, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Molly and I both have, a deep nostalgia for this um which a lot of my nostalgia stuff has like faded over the years like even like games i loved on n64 and like space jam has also fallen away like a lot of stuff i loved as a kid is like been stripped away from me and it's kind of fun to have one or two things like this and ghostbusters where i'm like oh it's still good um can we talk about the meanest part of this movie that actually that you may not know and it does not occur on screen, but it made me very sad. And I, I feel like I, you guys need to have this information. Okay. So Aaron, uh, I forget his last name, the kid that plays Jerry, did not want to be in this movie because he did not want to star in a movie called Heavyweights. And Disney told him that if he didn't star in this movie, he would not be allowed to star in Mighty Ducks 3. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's like a 1940s, like... Can you imagine though? Like, here's like a like a 14 year old kid who is overweight, and like you know that's obviously part of his character in the Mighty Ducks movie that he's in. I think he starts in two. Maybe he's in. Maybe he's in the, the first two. And they're like, "We want you for this movie, Heavyweights." And he's like, "You know, he's like 14. He's probably like 14, 15. He's like, guys, I don't want to be like. I get that I'm kind of the overweight kid in these movies, but like, I don't want to be the star of a movie about fat kids. That's not going to be great for me. I don't want to do the movie." And they're like. You want to do uh, another movie with all your friends, kid? Or are you going to go prance around in a fat cat movie? Um, and that's like the legal standards of a crud war. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were the biggest, the biggest bullies in this movie was the Disney Corporation. They do talk about that in the, we, we did watch a little bit of the, it wasn't a deleted scene, but it was a, like, where are they now? Yeah, we watched where oh. are they now. And they, they do, they do talk about that, especially the scene with the girls, because they're like, that was a real, I actually thought it was really cool that I got to dance with a pretty girl. Cause like, even though it was a movie about being a fat kid, I was a fat kid. Yeah. 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 Well, and the, the main guy, like, 
I looked at what he looks like now. He's doing pretty good. He's he's, he's like very handsome. Yeah, we were swooning yeah. over most of them in there. About half of them were really good looking. Yeah. and the lead guy uh, was for sure like made out the best of the bunch, and he was super happy and positive about the experience. So I think eventually. Um, you know, after after some time, unlike some child stars we've discussed on the show, like the yeah. star of Neverending Story 2, um, I think he kind of got over being bullied into this movie. Um, yeah, it just was like the weirdest thing ever because like you're making a movie about like bullies and and forcing like and like bullies, uh, bullies towards fat kids. And like that's what the movie's about. And in order to make that movie, you bully a fat kid. <laughs> they were also talking about how on set they could just eat whatever they wanted and how awesome it was, which is funny because even when they're reminiscing kind of in a sad way that they were a fat kid in a movie about fat kids, they were like, but they would feed us whatever we wanted. And they tell this really funny story about how a local place had all-you-can-eat ribs for $5 and how they stopped doing the (laughs) all-you-can-eat ribs deal once the heavyweights kids started coming because they, like, couldn't afford it anymore. (laughs) What'd I say? No more Goldberg in this restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, the... uh, I was going to say, do you guys want to talk about uh, heavyweights? Let's do it. We need a better transition because it never feels good. And now that I'm so self-conscious about saying welcome back to welcome people back. Do you want me to start with saying welcome back? Yeah, could you? Welcome back to... No, it's it's weird. weird. It's weird. I don't want to listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Molly, can you try? Welcome back. See, it's pretty good. That's not too well, bad. Now you have to be on every episode. What is the context? Do you guys do like a music? So this is where we do a music break. I love that you've heard the show before. I've heard it so many <laughs> times, you guys. Well, you've heard 50%, like you said. <laughs> I can't believe you haven't heard at least the Airbud episode. It's insane to me. I know. I even have had friends listen to the Airbud episode, and I have no idea what it's like. I have no idea. But I'm like, that's a movie you've heard of. That uh, is the only episode that Shauna has listened to in its entirety because she watched the movie with me because um, I was trying to get her on it, that episode, and she didn't want to do it. Um, but we did it on a drive to visit my parents in Bismarck, North Dakota. So uh, it was like my thing that I picked. Uh, I listened fourth. to your first episode. Yeah. Aaron, oh, a really nah. good way to grow our audience is to have them all move in with us. <laughs> Yeah, go on long car rides, really. (laughs) And drive them on long car rides. We should both invest in a limo, uh, visit the Patreon for We Love to Watch, and uh, help us buy a limo each. This Um, is is true. I have to do a work trip next week, but we're we're not flying because it's in Wisconsin. So we're driving the five hours to like a few on-site visits over the course of a few days. Uh, And I am like, because they're my clients, I'm renting the car. Uh, and I am debating whether to try to make everyone in the car listen to my own podcast for... <laughs> you should, but you just shouldn't say anything about... Like, don't even hint at the fact that, that it's, me. it's you. Maybe yeah, like, Skip just the first 30 seconds it. also. Is like, yeah, is that... Well, sometimes <laughs> they'd just be like, is that you? No. 
Mommy. No, no, no. It's <laughs> not. It's and then voices. you're like my wife, Shauna, yeah. and my yeah. kid. Is this you? <laughs> it's my favorite podcast. Just say that. <laughs> my favorite. So there is there has been a few times where like I've gone through a drive through and I've had our podcast on the car speakers. <laughs> and I always wonder if at some point, because I'm, you know, talking to the drive through people. Not extensively, but the normal amount <laughs> that you talk to a drive-thru person. And I wonder if they hear my voice and then hear me talk on the radio and they're like, is he listening to himself? Well, no, but that's <laughs> when you're just like, I'm very famous. You never saw me here. Why did I not get a famous person discount? <laughs> yeah, the people who need the discounts the most are the are, famous Yeah, famous people. Yeah, we need gift bags, we need swag. Yeah. Can we talk about Welcome Back? No one likes it. No one likes it? Okay, so. No what's what's a bet? Okay, right okay. So, this is so, all fresh three out of three. So you're, like, you're thinking fresh. You're, you don't you're have a bunch of. Uh, firing on some cylinders. Okay, no, but let's let's take a step back because you guys take a music. Like, we take a musical break. We take a musical break. Usually about 15 seconds. Or if I'm editing a minute. Yes. But, like, you're not welcoming them back to anything. I think you just... I mean, good point. Talking. They're, they didn't leave. It's been 15 seconds. It's not like these big podcasts where you listen to 15 minutes of ads. Yeah. Like, they didn't go anywhere. Yeah. They've literally I been waiting we, for Aaron to edit the entire time. I think this is our way of tricking ourselves into thinking that we have ad blocks yeah. in our show. That's you where know, the ads are going to go someday. when you sell someday. ads, when you sell ads, you can welcome them back. Aaron, what do you think? So, what, what's a good... Well, I think she's 100% right. It's why it feels so bad. And it feels even go. worse I think listening. You just keep talking. Because what do you, what do you, in showing that you do a five minute recap? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's supposed to be a 90 second one, but yes. But it's you're usually right. 40 minutes. Is that <laughs> yeah. You're based yeah, on yeah. my experience ba- of living in my own home. <laughs> well, uh, Peter, a lot of pressure because you're doing the recap this time. So she's, she's there. She's judging oh. you. Try to, At least try it's this seconds. movie. At least yeah. it's this movie. Okay. Wait, though. Uh, are, but nine, I'm saying that's what it so is. It's a 90-second recap. It's, it's supposed to be about 90 seconds. It's supposed to be a quick recap of the movie. We don't, like, set a clock or anything. We've done that, like, twice, I think. So give me an example of what you would say. Welcome back. And then what? Welcome and I'd back. Say, uh, Peter, who's, I think I am alternate taglines. And I would say alternate tagline for this movie is... Did you know this is a pun? <laughs> you, I, so I think you just started see, with that i don't think okay. you need to say welcome we, back you just say like yeah but this week i, I feel like we used to i feel like we used to do that and then we got stuck in a weird thing i started by welcome people welcoming people back and now it's a trap that only you've gotten us out of thank you so much Bob. do you think that every week this the second musical break or the second musical song can be um musical music um, do you think that the second music uh, <laughs> moment could be uh, Welcome Back Cotter's theme? Yeah. Do you know that? Why don't you give Welcome me a few back. verses to see if I'd like it? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it should be. It should be Peter singing that. I, I should sing Welcome Back Cotter's theme? A few more yeah, few We more all bars. know I'm being kidding. I want this off the record. <laughs> <laughs> off the record. It's okay. It'll all edit together. Okay. Um, so Did I mention that everything I've said today is off the record? So. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cool. Um, uh, you know that we have to tell you if we're cops. So, yeah. <laughs> Peter obviously is a police officer. We should change the subject. Yeah, I find out this has never been broadcast. This is all part of some a- NSA <laughs> investigation into myself. And it's like, welcome back, Aaron. <clears throat> welcome back, Aaron. Tell us more about your childhood. <laughs> so, all right, Peter, you are quick. Short recap. recap. Yeah. Um, so, 
The movie begins with Jerry, a fat kid, getting out of school. For some reason, they don't play Schools Out for Summer, but they might as well play it. Um, they do play some song. Yeah, they play a song, but they don't play Alice Cooper's Schools Out for Summer. Are for you sure? Reason. They do not. What song um, do they play? I don't know. Some, some, some other. That's why I noted it, because in any other movie, it would be that. They play I Love Candy in this movie. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, I was like oh, okay, wait, I, I know what it is. It's but Closer to Free by the Bodines. Candy. There we go. Yes, it's it's a very 90s song. That was a, hey, 1995's here. <laughs> Are you ready to party? Yeah. Everybody wants to. Okay, so uh, Jerry is leaving school. He heads home. He's ambushed by his parents and a uh, salesman from a fat camp that apparently a national salesman for a fat camp that has like 20 kids. Um, and how do, you, how do you think he finds his prospects? <laughs> I don't know. It's a lucrative career. Yeah, apparently, yeah. And not successful. <laughs> apparently, he got $900,000 from uh, Jerry's parents, and that's it. Um, we see Jeffrey Tambor for a few minutes, uh, and then he graciously leaves the movie so we can forget about him until the end of the movie. Yeah, um, that's nice of him. Very nice of him to be in so little of the movie. And then uh, he goes to fat camp. Obviously, he doesn't want to go to fat camp, but his parents are making him. Um, very apprehensive on the plane. He makes best friends with, is it Roy? Is that Keenan Thompson's friend? Or Keenan Thompson's name in the movie? Uh, I don't know if it's Roy. I want to get Maybe. the names right because there's like 12 kids and yeah. they're all fat. That's Roy, right? One we can say is Goldberg for sure. I am lost. Keenan Thompson. Roy, you're right. Roy. Is Roy. He's far down the IMDb list. And is that he- really, does Keenan Thompson really not have two E's in Keenan? This, this is the first that I am seeing this as well, and it's blowing my mind. That's <laughs> insane. So, he makes friends with Roy, um, who is uh, a fat kid, but he's very proud of his, uh, his his fatness. And that is sort of going to be a theme when he meets the rest of the fat kids. And also, Pat, the, the head counselor, sort of, um, he's... He's like the mascot for the kids. He's also a fat guy. He's been going to the camp for forever. He loves it, and he's really defensive of the kids. And he's um, Kenny on Frasier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and Pat is, is just like a really sweet dude that's just always out for, for the kids. Um, also, big fat guy. So, he's going through the same stuff they're going through. And but Do you think we might get accused of being a little fat shamey in this episode? Probably. I mean, I was a fat kid. I'm still fat. It's fine. Everybody's fat. fat. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's your segue. You just say, and we're still fat. Yeah. <laughs> you just go... <laughs> Welcome back. Did we're fat. Did you have to bring yeah, me on? Not we, here. We, yeah, we, we we didn't work out in the break as as usual. Um, Still fat. Still fat. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're not we're not fat shaming. Using the terminology in the film and also my own termino- terminology as a fat person. Anyways, so the the kids get he gets there and the kids are kind of wonderfully unashamed of being fat like he doesn't get there and it's like a shame pile they're all like very liberated they have food uh hidden inside different uh like compartments in their bunk and inside the bedpost of their their uh, bunk beds like all sorts of uh, uh secret hiding places and uh pat doesn't seem concerned about it and the owners of the park Jerry Stiller is the owner of the camp, Harvey Bushkin, uh, and uh, his wife uh, is Alice Bushkin, and Mira, also like a comedy legend. Her husband is Jerry Stiller, obviously. Um, Both parents to Ben Stiller. Um, Not in the movie, though. 
Very important. But they announced that the camp has been sold to the crazy son of a uh, like a furniture magnet or something. Just a really rich asshole. Um, and this son is a uh, is Ben Stiller. He comes marching in and he has his own team of counselors. They're all really fit. Ben Stiller's really fit. Playing his uh, character from Dodgeball. Yes. Yes. I don't know exactly how that happened where they were just like, he's just doing the same character twice, but he is. Um, But anyways, so he, Ben Stiller is reforming the camp into an actual fitness camp, into an actual fat camp, but he's taking it so far. So it's not just that the kids don't want to be get in shape. It's not that. It's that he's taking it to such an extreme that it's actually unhealthy on the other side of the, the you know, the spectrum. B- both from a dieting exercise standpoint and also like an emotional growth, which is also like important to like if you're going to change like dieting and behavior, it is important to like nurture, especially for children like how they're doing emotionally. So when he's being abusive, he's not just like, you're going to run 30 miles in the rain and I'm going to say, call you, call you a fat. So in your face, but also like the most like heartbreaking moment of the movie in my opinion, which is the like, Hey, how about we mock you in front of, um, of teenage girls, which is like, um, and then when, even when they overcome that and like reach that catharsis point where like, Hey, I have a little self-confidence. Let's do this. And then to take it away from him, like, uh, at the last second is just just kind of having been a 13-year-old and 14-year-old boy is just a level of cruelty that uh, kind of even surpasses most of the other stuff in this movie. Yeah, he's he's pretty, pretty bad. And um, he, he basically, yeah, he's taking them on insane hikes. Like, he takes them on a 20-mile hike, which as somebody that hikes, going on a 20-mile hike with a full pack, all that is enough to tire me out as someone who regularly hikes. At, for, like, a fat 13-year-old, like, that would be deadly. That could be, like, that's an insane thing to ask kids to do. And then he says he's going to extend the hike indefinitely. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, the kids are obviously becoming more and more uh, rebellious and unruly against this guy. He just keeps smashing down on them. And it, and it is sort of a Camp Krusty thing. Yeah, um, they lock him in a Jurassic Park uh yeah, <laughs> they, they lock him up in a electric fence jail. They're, they kind of turn savage after that for like a night. They they uh, they go they go crazy with with the power. That leads to uh, Pat, basically the only adult around now that that uh, Ben Stiller's been locked up. Pat decides to take command of the camp, and Pat. Um, says like, okay, we're not going to go do the extremes before, but we're going to have like a moderate form of taking care of yourself. Everyone's going to set their own diet plans. We're not going to have this thing that like Ben Stiller had this thing going where he was. That's after they have the food orgy though. After the food orgy. Yes. Everyone went wild and had a food orgy and wakes up with like food hangovers and Pat's like, all right, we can't do this. Who fucked this (laughs) ho-ho? Pat says, "Like, yeah, you're gonna. We're gonna set your own your own standards. Like, you're gonna you're gonna your own diet standards. We're not gonna have this thing like Ben Stiller was having, where they're being videotaped and shamed for how much weight they've lost or gained. And the kids were clearly they were rebelling. They were cheating on the the system. Um, so they were not losing any weight, and that's why Ben Stiller freaked out even more. They take complete control of the camp. They start having they start training for this Apache relay, which is a race against the rich sport." <laughs> sport camp assholes across the lake and also uh, a race against the cultural sensitivity of time 
<laughs> it is a weird thing we'll get into it but that was like a thing that they used to do i know all the, all the time and i'm not saying it, i'm not excusing it at, at all but like my friends all did indian guides which was a sort of alternative to boy scouts and in indian guides they also co-opted a ton of like indian stereotypical garb i don't even know if it's like actual garb uh, i don't know if the word co-opted is even right but yeah they would co-opt like the feathers and all that stuff and the beads and stuff like i know um, it's not to this level but there was like a little moment of shock of like the heartwarming story of these kids who have been picked on and like been you know beaten down by all these other forces uh finally celebrate themselves by like i don't know putting on blackface like it's not that level but yeah. it is a little like wait a second yeah, what they the don't, fuck they, are we doing here they don't do what they do in like um man of the house or what's that what's that one with uh with uh jonathan taylor oh Thomas? no it's man of the house, man of the house. it's not that because in Man of the House, they do, like, the, like, oh, blah, 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 and, like, the whole thing. Like, it's yeah, very... Yeah, they're, they're, it, they're just, they're just appropriating the, like, clothing. Just a stereotypical garb. Yeah. And it's, it's supposed, and it's, like, supposed to be, like, each camp is wearing, like, a costume. So, it's, like, it's, like, when you were dumb in college and you would wear, like, yeah, a... Yeah, they're just they're just uh, dressing as like Redskins football players, essentially. Yes, yes, <laughs> um, and they're not doing war chants or war cries or anything, but they are painting their face and stuff. It's like clearly like co-opting racial. Yeah. yeah, it's it is it is a weird thing that is like if the movie. Was it's a weird thing five. to do right after their moment of triumph of these like people that have been like abused. <laughs> yes, yes. If the movie were made five years later, they wouldn't have done it. But anyways, so uh, they win this race against against all odds. They win this race against the Sporto camp. They get their camp back. Yeah, they get their camp back. Because Ben Stiller's dad shows up and he's like, oh, you want to keep having this? That's fine with me. My son's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, and it's Ben Stiller playing his own his yeah. own dad. And then the, our Ben Stiller character, our evil, our evil, uh, our evil villain is in the back of daddy's limousine and peeking out like behind the, the, the window. Which well, is, and like, he escapes too on the parents' day and then... Be- partially because he's insane to begin with, and also partially because he's been kept in an electrified cage for an indeterminate amount of time, yeah. uh, kind of demonstrates his uh, nutsoness, I guess would be the way to put it. And, and during that scene, and during the scene where he's peeking out at the kids as they're, like, getting their own camp back from uh, his father, during those scenes, Ben Stiller looks like a, a movie monster. He's, like, walking on glass and freaking out and, like chopping parents and stuff like this is going to be a nice lead-in to the burning i think uh because towards the end of the movie it almost <laughs> implies that like the next heavyweights movie is going to be ben stiller murdering a bunch of fat kids well that's and that's the weird thing about this movie so i again i saw this in theaters a few times in 1995 because it was just available to go see and i never really had it was just that run of like mid 90s disney live action movies that were kind of like they had a couple funny jokes and they had a concept, but they were just kind of like, I don't know, the big green now, little like giants. There was just man of the house is a really good example of something that I was so psyched to see. And then I think there was like one part that was funny. And then the rest is like on the precipice of comedy, but never quite makes jokes because I think it's really just playing to, to, to kids, but kind of in a, in a, in a reductive way, like we'll just put these funny kids saying fart jokes, and and that'll be enough to for them to get by, and like never really reaching true comedy status. I guess I don't know. 
There's a ton of them. It's very bizarre if you look at there. I did not like the big green because I didn't think it was funny at all, but I thought this yeah. was very funny. Yeah, so I like I liked it and I but I just never had enough of a connection to it to to essentially like watch it again after that. Um maybe I rented it at some point, who knows. It is it is a weird movie in that I think that this movie has a little bit too many ideas overall it's trying to like push together like there's definitely a horror movie version of this where like either Ben Stiller goes completely fucking nuts and kills a kid and then they eventually like start torturing Ben Stiller or something <laughs> a little darker there's like just a heartwarming dramedy like coming of age tale tale about these um you know kids that have been picked on and kind of like gain self-confidence through a series of wilderness adventures. The movie um, is mostly about gaining your own confidence in yourself and not feeling ashamed for who you are. That is definitely the theme, but... That's Pat's whole arc, is getting yeah. enough confidence to actually ask out a girl that is clearly interested in him. But there's also a cartoon villain, straight from Looney Tunes, who's, like, torturing people. Um, so I agree that that's the overall, like, still the point of the movie, but... I just the, – the movie has a lot of different tones that don't gel always together speaking as an adult. Now, I still like a lot of the Ben Stiller stuff because I kind of like Ben Stiller in complete lunatic mode. He doesn't uh, get to do it much doesn't anymore. Doesn't get to do it much. No. Especially now that he works mostly with Noah Baumbach and even his characters on SNL are not that wild. Yeah. And I like the kids dynamic is really good. Um, so there's a lot I like about it. I just and um, my favorite character in the movie is Lars. <laughs> I would I would watch an entire movie about Lars. I, I I literally am. I think I'm in love with him as a character. I love his entire I love his entire tone where he just tries to be mean. I love how easily he sinks out of that, and I love that he stays at the camp and roots everyone on at the end. Uh, Lars is the hero of the movie, um, <laughs> and I want to see multiple spinoffs about Lars and his life. He has my favorite joke in the movie, which is a throwaway joke that, as a kid, I would not have found funny. But um, they give them their new camp uh, uniforms. Lars is taking over the bunk when he's still full on evil, and he gives the kids their uh, their new uniforms. And he and he just throws in, "Your family will be built automatically." <laughs> uh, yeah, he gets a lot of those lines. He's really good. So I am lost. Like that's a line. Yeah, that is a line in and of itself. So, uh, so Molly and Peter, you guys, it sounds like most of your relationship is result of you guys bonding over uh, shared love of this movie. <laughs> Tell Correct. me about that. Um, so we were both at a screening of heavyweights <laughs> across the street from each other. Uh, she was at one screening of heavyweights and I was at another. Right, and um, he wears J. Crew. <laughs> you guys were going through the heavyweights catalog that you could buy. <laughs> Apparel from the feature film Heavyweights. We were such big Heavyweights catalog people at the time. <laughs> this is also funny because now that I have braces, uh, I am you uh, are. Parker Posey from Best in Show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and our dog is asleep, not making eye contact with us. <laughs> in the room. I, I, don't, I don't want to know the reason for it because I know the reason <laughs> in the movie. So, Molly, Molly, you loved this movie as a kid just like me. Did you just watch it at sleepovers and stuff? or I think so, yeah. And I remember... When we were watching this, I honestly didn't remember that it was even a Disney movie. That was the first thing. When we turned it on, I was like, hmm. <laughs> but I think what I left the hardest at, probably of all of it, which is, I think, just an adult thing watching a, a movie that you watched when you were a kid, is when 
the camp owners are explaining that they had to fail for bankruptcy and they're like screaming their depression at the kids about like why the camp has to close. Never let anyone else sign your checks. <laughs> I was laughing like hell. That is that is one of the moments I wrote down and I love it especially because after he does all that stuff and like puts all of this adult life and depression on the kids, he then does the like extremely selfish thing. It was already selfish for him to like do all that. But then he does the selfish thing of asking for one more like hip hip camp hope or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. and then he gets seems visibly annoyed when none of the kids put any effort into it. <laughs> Because it's Jerry Stiller and he's an expert at seeming annoyed. It's a really good sort of uh, dynamic between him and his wife in that brief scene because she is trying to be the one with dignity and like (laughs) guide him off the stage. And he like runs back for one last like yelling at the kids. (laughs) So she's like completely taking control of him. He's just like a weeping mess. Like it's a nice subversion of what you'd expect from that sort of like dynamic. Um, And there's a lot of really it's co-written. It's co-written by Judd Apatow. The director is Steve Brill. Steve Brill, um, who directed a lot of movies that no one seems to like. He did direct though D three, The Mighty Ducks, which I'm sure Aaron loves. Um, but he directed a lot of I've never seen movies. It. He directed. Um, you guys Mr. had D- a Mighty Ducks month. Yeah. Oh, he's not even. He didn't direct D three and Mighty Ducks. He was just in it. But he directed Mr. Deeds. <laughs> Wait. Who was he? Who was he in Mighty Ducks? I've never seen D three. I've yeah, only seen D one, D two. And D4, which is an unrelated friend. He's celebrity at party in D2. In D3, he's arcade attendant. So, I mean, you surely know exactly who he is, right? I mean, for a movie I haven't seen? Yeah. Well, he's white. Oh, he directed... brown hair. He directed the two the two worst Adam Sandler movies when he was on his, like, run in the 90s where everything he did was making $100 million or whatever. He did Little Nicky and Mr. Deeds. Yes, and he made a couple punchline movies, like Movie 43 and Drillbit Taylor. Drillbit Taylor is only remembered as a... Apatow joint? Because it's it's a movie that no one saw, but everyone saw the ads, and they were like, Owen Wilson punches a kid. But So it's co-written by Judd Apatow, and my point is that the, the movie has a lot of jokes that are written for both kids and adults. And as a kid, I loved it because it was like a movie that I saw myself in. Not just because I was fat, but because it wasn't about like sporty kids performing well at sports. It was about like... Um, a group of kids with a lot of charisma and chemistry sort of blending together and standing up for one another and like what kid that's a little lonely doesn't want to like just jump into a friend dynamic like that, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, there is that that idea of, of being immediately accepted within like a peer group of any sort, especially a peer group that already knows each other, right? Yeah. Like that's that's always the fear and the way that they kind of immediately, um, you know, accept him and want him to be included and, like, the the counselor is playing jokes with him and stuff like that to make him, like, part of the team or whatever. Like, that's a, that's a really great dynamic. But it, it doesn't just work so that they don't have to build friendships. It also works as a dynamic because, like, the whole point of what these kids are dealing with is they are outcasts who are not accepted. So, it makes sense that they are kind of laser focused on making sure that new kids to their inner circle don't feel the way that probably they have uh, in a lot of social uh, situations in their life. That's a great way to put it. Now, now I think of like nerds as like, well, they form their little cudgels. And then if you're not within the cudgel, they kind of treat you like garbage. But like, this oh, you don't play like- Fortnite. 
this is like the opposite. This is like people being like, hey, it's shitty to be ostracized. Come on in. Um, which, yeah, like I said, as a lonely kid, it appealed to me a lot. I used to watch it a lot with my friend uh, Chris, my best friend growing up. His name was Chris. And him and I used to watch this movie all the fucking time. Hope Brian's um, not listening to this episode. Uh, <laughs> um, what the hell is Chris? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as, as a kid, I loved it. And then now rewatching it again, like it's just a really fun, like kids movie that also has a lot of jokes because uh, it was co-written by Jedi Apatow for adults. So I'm, I'm still really, really positive on it. Apart from the Indian uh, headdress thing of the third act, which is just like, why? Um, it's not even yeah. laced in the movie. It's just like at the end, there's like, there's an Apache relay. And I'm sure they just like one of the kids, one of the people writing the movie or making the movie was like, oh, I remember that. We, we dressed up as Indians and no one questioned it. I did laugh. Like I laughed because it was so shocking. And like, it's kind of like, do you remember when we did Little Big League and there's like all of a sudden a hard R in it? Yes. And yes. like, it's like, it's been this like very innocent kids movie and and all of a sudden, like, one of the kids just kind of looks at the other one and says, like, you know, what are you, some sort of, like, R word? And, you know, <laughs> it it's was, not, it yeah. was not, that was something, you know, as much as I, it's it sucks, like, we say that all the time, but you never would hear that in a kid's movie. And it, like, we both, it almost, like, dropped the drink out of our hands, We and but we laughed, not because it was funny, it was just, like, so, like, holy shit, like, we forgot that this was okay, <laughs> like so okay that it was just like no one no one no one in the group was like dude not cool <laughs> it makes you wonder though like what are the things 20 years from now that people are oh gonna yeah that we're saying right now that is so insensitive it's going to be something right this isn't a new thing yeah. no no and that's i mean that's that's a great point because that's what a lot of people say all the time when people are ready to congratulate themselves while looking like at the past, like don't think that like 2018 is the most woke we're going to get no. because everyone thinks that every year. And now we look back on like 2006, 2002 or 1995 and we're like, holy shit, I can't believe those idiots like thought X about Y and we are going to be the exact same boat. I will say even just thinking about that hard R and little big league <laughs> still makes me laugh because it's not that I'm laughing at the joke as is, it's that it's so, it's such a shock. It'd be like if in the middle of a kid's movie, there was just like a violent murder. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like, wait, what? What? Like, you have to shock, you have to like laugh. Otherwise, like, it just doesn't make sense. And yeah, when when you first see the kids in like the, the Native American, like, dress towards the end of the movie, you're like, wait, What? I mean, Little Big League is a fucking bizarre movie because that's also the one where, like, he's been renting all this porn in hotel rooms and his mom <laughs> finds out. And the secondary plot of the movie is the dad of, that owns the team trying to get his daughter-in-law and the widow to his son fucked by someone on the team. Like, yes. it's a bizarre movie. It's – it's <laughs> that movie ain't right. <laughs> So, should I tell you that I saw this with my – so, one of the times I saw this in theaters, I saw it with my mom and she did not walk away thinking this was okay because she thought the Ben Stiller stuff was psychotic and didn't understand why it was in a kid's movie. Maybe that's a good place to start. Maybe I was just like a weird kid and like we were watching movies on like an, a shitty old TV in the corner of like a concrete basement 
So like that was our like our sleepovers is like we get sleeping bags from upstairs and then we like lay them out across like a concrete floor and like whatever because the basement was like our space in all my friends houses. So like we were watching these movies mostly unsupervised. So like, yeah, I mean, I imagine it's kind of weird, but that's I've been able to audit a lot of my nostalgia for these kids' movies, but that's the one thing that I'm like, well, yeah, obviously Ben Stiller is uh, fucking crazy. Of course it fits in a kid's movie. It's not terrifying at all when he walks across glass and throws <laughs> insults at children for forty an hour and 40 minutes. We talked about that, too, though, when we were watching the, the part about the owners yelling about going bankrupt and how the world is terrible. And I said to Pete, like, when you're a kid, everyone's trying to protect you from things, but you think you're the most mature you're ever going to be. Yeah. Like, in those moments, it's not like a kid watching that would be like, Ben Stiller is scary, or like, bankruptcy is a serious <laughs> yeah. issue. Like, it's funny now because you're a grown-up and you actually understand those things, but when you're a kid, all you want is for people to just treat you like you're an adult. So, like, yeah. those things are not issues for you right so of course your parents are horrified at all of it as we are now when we see those things and we laugh at how ridiculous they are but like when you're a kid you always think you're old enough to handle whatever it is yeah you're you're right like the funniest part in the movie when we watched this as kids was not jerry stiller yelling about his bankruptcy problem um that's only funny as an adult to realize the how ridiculous that is to do um, to a kid, but you're, you're you're 100% right. Like, when I was a kid, I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure I was like, oh, interesting, he's telling what's going on with the camp so we know what's about to happen next. Like, the contrast between what he was talking about and his audience didn't even occur to me, I'm sure. No, I had never even considered that moment, which is why I think it made me laugh so hard, because I probably haven't seen the movie in at least a few years. Have you... So... Have you guys ever watched this together? Three or four years ago. But uh, yeah, every summer I like to watch like summer camp movies. I like to watch Wet Hot at least a couple times the summer, which we will get to in a couple weeks. Summer camp kind of slasher movies also in the summer. And this was one that I think I've made Molly like I was like, we have to watch Heavyweights again. She was like, okay. So yeah, we've seen it a few times together. We also watched a bunch of kids. There's so many movies I saw as a kid that never saw again. And I definitely saw more than once. And then there's movies that... Uh, you know, I just kept watching over and over again. Uh, even, even like kids movies, like I, and not the good ones, like Sandlot and stuff like that. Even like just directly, like just kid meant for kids movies, because I think I probably kept watching like rookie of the year and, uh, I don't know, like little giants and the mighty ducks well into adulthood for some reason. But like this one just didn't stick with me in that way. I also think that when you're young, you have a, a tolerance for watching things multiple times that I no longer have as an adult. So the only movies I feel like I'm still willing to watch multiple times are the movies I was willing to watch multiple times then, if that makes sense. Yeah. I rarely now as an adult will, you know, it's not like I wake up every Saturday morning and I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie from last year five yeah. times in a month. But if it's a kid's movie that the other weekend I watched, what did I watch? I watched... Mulan and then Moana, which I guess Moana is new. But I have a, a joke that me and the dog wake up long before Peter <laughs> does on the weekend. So, like, we have cartoons before Pete gets out of bed. But no, I think that it's like the, I've probably seen Heavyweights 20 times 
and probably all of my favorite movies in the last 10 years I've watched once or twice. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen Rookie of the Year more than The Godfather, which I think I've seen once. <laughs> um, and I've seen Rookie of the Year at least three times. But you're you're right, because um, there is something about, like, when you're rewatching those movies, they're just easier to rewatch than even some of your favorites for now, because you're, you're not just watching the movie, which is almost acts as, like, a comfort blanket and food in some way, um, but also, like, you're reliving a level of nostalgia when you're watching it, like, oh, I remember loving this part as a kid. So, in some ways, you're almost, wa- like, watching two movies. I think, Peter, you've said this before, like, you're watching the movie, but you're also, like, in your mind's eye watching yourself watch the movie. And you're also not trying and you don't have to pay attention that hard. I think that's the thing for me, like early in the morning, if I watch movies that I used to watch, it's because I'm not fully awake yet. And I know I don't really have to pay attention. Yeah. It becomes a little bit more of an emotional experience as opposed to like an intellectual experience. And so you can kind of interpret things more um, purely. I wonder if I didn't like this didn't fit into that for me because I do remember my mom hating it. And I kind of knew she was going to hate it because I knew my mom. I was like 11 when this came out. But I just wanted to go to the movie, so I didn't care. And maybe maybe that's why I never ended up like purchasing it or something or renting it because my mom's like, not that movie. It Do is- you have nightmares about all the movies we're going to have to watch if we have kids? Oh, yeah. Like, just think. And I'm sure, Aaron, you... Yeah, I've seen trolls quite a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, just as a parent, right? Like, by the time, how old were you when you saw this movie in theaters when your mom hated it? Uh, 11 or 12, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, by the time you were 12 and you're one of 10 children, your mom (laughs) had probably seen about 8,000 garbage movies. And she is allowed to hate whatever she wants to hate. Yeah, well, they went and did chores. Like, when we were watching movies, they didn't hang out um, in the same way that probably, like, I guess I do a little bit. Um, but I've seen a lot. Like, that's why when, like, a Moana comes along, I'm so happy because, <laughs> when a like, like... Moana comes into your life. <laughs> yeah, when, when someone like Moana, you know, saves the village like that, you pay attention. It makes sense to your mom to think this is inappropriate because I have a ton of notes that are just straight jokes they're just for adults and um there's there's like a scene where they're at they're wondering where the josh kid is josh mouths off to ben stiller he disappears for a little bit um and then peter berg is the cook and he just goes well he's dead (laughs) (laughs) there's a couple jokes like uh that i keep repeating like uh for years, I've been saying, like, attention campers, lunch has been canceled day- today due to lack of hustle. Like, I've been saying that for years, and I forgot it was from this movie. But the weirdest one is, there's a, there's a thing that is dubbed over in the movie, and he says, <laughs> like, he says, he gets, uh, Josh gets Ben Stiller to say, like, um, you know, see more butts, who see more butts? And he says, no one's seen more butts than you, which is, like, clearly a... ADR line after the fact because it's not really like an insult. Seeing a lot of butts is a good thing. Butts are great. Um, yeah, but it's the implication re- that he's yeah he's seen a lot of butts. It's great. Yeah, yeah, good for him. But the actual original line was he says Peter Fitz. Who's Peter Fitz? 
And then he says, anyone's Peter Fitz if you push hard enough, which was a joke that they apparently <laughs> got a bunch of 12-year-olds to say and then get into an edit enough that the that somebody was like, okay, we need to make this into a sterile kid's joke about butts. And that's kind of like indicative of the movie overall. Like Judd Apatow was not necessarily writing this movie for eight-year-olds. He was writing this movie for parents and for kids. Which is why maybe sometimes the two tones don't always yes. mesh together. So I, I have a couple. Ben Stiller just quick... clearly did not treat this like a kids' movie. No. Uh, so I, I've, as long as we're kind of going through some quick moments that we liked, uh, I can go through mine quick. Um, my one of my other favorite laugh lines in the movie is I love the Wayne scene uh, as he like slowly dawns on him that it's not just like one kid <laughs> that's cheating, but like that it's been a group effort, and that like. The delivery of when he tries to get Goldberg on the scale, he's like, come on, step up to the scale, buddy. And then it's <laughs> immediately get off the scale, turn off the camera. Like every <laughs> every part of his personality and his like uh, entire attitude dies in such a split second. It's great. Um, and then um, I l- this is like one of those fun, dumb, uh, like the way they edit it together is very funny. So they have the training montage and the training montage is three scenes. Like when they've decided they want to get in shape and do better. Uh, and it shows them like training for the big decathlon or whatever at the end. And it's, it's three scenes and it is the first scene is them jogging outdoors. The second scene is them at a class where they learn the difference between whether a tomato is a fruit or a vegetable. And then the next scene is that same jogging scene again. And that's the entire montage. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not in shape at the end of it. And it fits into kind of like the final point of the movie. <clears throat> if you want to kind of walk there. Um, Let's go there. My last other comment is just that Ben Stiller, pretty jacked in this movie. He is pretty jacked. Apparently, he was lifting weights between sets like he was playing Captain America or something. And it shows. Like, he, yeah. He looks very, very ripped. And they wouldn't let the kids talk to him because he was method acting. Oh, in between like, takes and stuff? They said they, like, told them to stay away from him or that they would try oh. to stay away from him. But they all, they all really liked him, but that he was very much method acting and that, uh, you know, you may catch him. Yeah, you know, some people do it uh, in, like, my left foot. (laughs) Some people do it in heavyweights. You got to respect the process. I do respect the process. Um, Oh, so, yeah, that kind of brings me to the end of the movie because I do think that the, the training montage, it's not that they all get skinny in the montage. It's that they all use the resources of the camp to become the best version of them. And to find a balanced approach where they're like, yes, we're still fat kids. We're still going to eat like shitty food, but like we're also going to try and have a balanced diet and we're going to like work out a little bit and like, but we're not trying to like kill these kids, right? That sort of like balance and that positivity is really one thing that I love about the movie in the end is that it's not about fat kids getting skinny and it's not about fat kids just being like, well, I'm fat. That's fine. Because they're like, it's fat, it's, you're fine, but also you have to figure out ways to make yourself feel good about yourself. You're not just a fat kid, you're a fat kid that likes yourself. And yeah, I, that scene with Pat and Jerry at the dock is like the best, like most heartwarming scene in, in the movie where they're kind of talking about where Pat's like, yeah, like it's great that we all kind of accept who we are, but you know, to tell you the truth, I don't really accept who I am. It kind of sucks being this and maybe we should put a little more effort into 
being a little more happy with ourselves. It's it's perfect. It, there's a lot of really great like heartwarming scenes in the movie that work because of the chemistry of the cast. And yeah, that's my final thought on the movie. I really, really love that sense of positivity and that sense of honesty and that it's not, it's ultimately not fat shaming, even though they make a lot of fat kid jokes. It's about embracing who you are as a fat kid and owning that sort of like how different groups own different slurs for themselves. Like it's sort of like own, own who you are. Don't pretend like you're not a fat kid, but like feel good about who you are and feel good just as a person in the world. And I really love that about it. Yeah. And my, my final thoughts, like I actually feel more positive about the movie, even talking to you guys about it. Cause there is a lot of good stuff that um, I'm, rem- I'm remembering. I kind of would like to see whatever the original draft of this by Judd Apatow was supposed to be, because it definitely doesn't feel like it always started as just a PG Disney family friendly comedy. Um, so I would have liked more Ben Stiller and a little less Bodines. <laughs> Do you think uh, Chet Aptow had in the original script then a whole bunch of Bodines plays? Uh, I think probably. Or he did. And then the theme song from Friends plays. And they're like, no, no, no. We can't afford that. It's 1995. <laughs> Biggest song in the world. We can get something that sounds similar. <laughs> that same sort of, uh, you know, cargo shorts vibe. Uh, Molly, what did you think about the, like, awkwardness of the two groups looking at each other and not wanting to dance and they need Paul Feig and Pat to kind of make ass of themselves to dance with each other? This is going to sound like I'm making something up, but, like, I think that, I, like, I don't remember being that mean to people where girls would be, they, they play that whole scene off, right? Like they're all pretty girls and these are all fat boys. And I think when you're a kid, you just like, like anybody who likes you back at that age, especially like, I don't know. Which the movie bears that out. Because when they're leaving, they're like, oh, I really liked him. And one of the girls is making out with Grace's kid. No, I actually think as, as much as that is depressing because Ben Siller's character cuts it all short because he doesn't want them to feel good about themselves. It, I don't know. It still was like a fun. It's a good scene because it, it does help build their confidence. Um, even though he intended it as an act to kill kill their confidence, like that was a good learning experience yes, for all of them. Yes, the message is still good that like <laughs> if you put yourself out there and just the girls act reject like yourself, no, that yeah, that like people will accept you. Basically, is the overarching theme and and like the nurse says, it's just dancing. Like I think that kids can be. Really so cool. I doubt the way I that Paul that was... Feig is dancing. Would really jumpstart it. I think the cops would be called. <laughs> no, I think that his dancing is equally as crazy as Ben Stiller's general behavior. <laughs> it fits the tone of the film. Yeah. Once you um, once you've raised the lowest common denominator to Ben Stiller's <laughs> behavior, anything's acceptable. I do want to point out one weird thing. This is totally this is totally odd. There's a Vichy fat kid who betrays all the other fat kids and then joins Tony's camp. Like that's how yeah. that's how deep the chemistry of the group runs is that like Judd Apatow thought of like all the weird aspects of, of of this particular group's dynamic and like even the way that the kids are interacting in that dance scene like you're like oh they're still their characters they're still their own particular brand of weirdo. No that was the perfect example of what I think Aaron was talking about earlier where like there's just like one too many things going on because I yeah. almost missed 
that entirely because that's the same that's the same kid who sells them out for their yeah. hiding spot for yeah, snacks in the beginning and then they just don't address that <laughs> yeah. at all and they just show him to you helping them out but it they really underplay that and then when the- Lars turns good right when they try to quote unquote feed him to the bears like they they just don't address that so it's almost not worthwhile. The Lars thing feels better because Lars is more of a relevant character, but the yeah. thing with that kid didn't really... Well, they do give Lars motivation, too, because right. they say, you're going to get kicked out of the country unless you still work here. Yes, they threaten to deport him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that part of it, putting it like that, feels less great, but it, something about it being German uh, takes a little bit of the sting. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> too current, yeah. but... He's, like, very white, yeah. And the, yeah, like a, like a supremacist of some sort. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the Vichy kid also, though, do you know Do you re- know what other movie he's in, Peter? No, but he has to play a We've covered on right? the show. I can picture him in, like, a snowy movie. Is, am I getting close? Mm. What is What is the What is the movie about, like, like bad garbage truck man? Where, like, the kids are snow all day? afraid of... Is it Snow Day? Yeah. I'm picturing him he in Snow Day. He might be too old Wait, for though. Snow Day by, it comes, by the time it comes out. That kid, though, is the kid that delivers the uh, best line in Rookie of the Year... Which is, did he just say funky butt loving? (laughs) He's one of the friends of uh, Thomas Hayden Church, Thomas Ian Church. Not Hayden, but whatever that. The kid, the one, the other guy from American Pie. The guy that did not have a career at at any point after it. Oh. The four friends. (laughs) I I, I don't. don't. Henry Ian Rowan. The guy, so Rowan Gardner's friend. Got it. Yeah, got it. (laughs) Yeah, but he's, yeah, he, he. so he's in that one. Um, what? Okay. The rookie of the year. The oh, rookie. Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. So rookie then I'm thinking the Dennis. I'm thinking Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, or Clint Eastwood, depending on which rookie uh, pops into your mind first. So, yeah, this was awesome, uh, Molly. Thank you so much for being on the show. No problem. Uh, I only had uh, to bully her into doing it a little bit. It's a pretty big gap. And I mentioned it to – so it's, it was my daughter's – fourth birthday and we, we were we were making dinner I was making dinner with my wife and I said guess who's gonna be on the show tonight <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, she because she's been playing around with the idea because she really wants to talk about the movie Willard not in keeping with the theme of the show for some reason which I've explained to her multiple occasions but she wants to talk about the movie Willard from 2002 because it is a movie that has strangely a movie that the rest of the world has forgotten about and she hasn't but all of her thoughts are pretty negative <laughs> but she just wants to understand how it, and then i had said oh yeah i kind of like that movie that movie was okay and so she wants to be on this podcast at some point to a i think i think get me to answer on tape why i think that movie's okay <laughs> Um, so it could be a different dynamic than this episode, uh, when that, when, and if that comes to fruition, but this really was a lot of fun and I'm glad that you both came on and decided to stay for the entire time. Yeah. This is a blast. Thanks for putting up with us, Molly. Sure. (laughs) Um, Molly, do you have anything to plug? Yeah. Do you have anything to plug? You working on anything? Oh, like you mean like my, my business in the industry? (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I, I don't. When's uh, Jackbox party party game pack five come out? <laughs> I literally don't think I can legally speak oh, okay. on behalf of them. I couldn't tell you. They have spun off. Um, 
but I look forward to it just as much as you guys do. Will you play the leftovers theme on piano for us? I will not, but Pete is trying to get me to create Make him cry? musical interludes for you guys. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've been trying to bully her into Compose that. Compose some, like... Do a theme song? Yeah, some some sort of a theme song, although I would have to listen to the show to, like, understand the tone, probably. Not gonna happen. Frankly, yeah. that's a huge roadblock. The fact that I didn't know the welcome back is <laughs> embarrassing, Not really. a good sign, yeah. It's not a good sign. It's new. Um, so I just assume you're a fan of our older stuff and haven't been keeping up with new Yeah, yeah. I was, like, yeah, we really I was like a out, fan of you guys before you were cool. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things. Yeah, we changed. Fame changed us. Yeah, once we doubled those listeners from 100 to 200, like, yeah. the money's rolling like, in. Now that you've had me on, like, I know all the all the people. Yeah. That all yeah. The rookie. The you rookies. Got, the, yeah, the rookies, the years. You've yeah. got all you've got all the downloaders out my there. My agents, my fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's what's going to end up happening is someone like from some podcasting network is going to listen to this and it's going to be like <laughs> a scene from a movie where all of a sudden Molly gets a contract in the mail. <laughs> And and it's gonna be like, but you gotta ditch those guys, like like a, that thing you do moment. Yeah. Or oh yes, and I would hand the ring back to Peter and be gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, lucrative podcasting. Yes. Even the big if you ones, guys people... can't tell, podcasting was my calling. Mm-hmm. So I've just been waiting for that moment. I You're natural. It took us. You are uh, natural. A hundred episodes to get half as good as how easy this was for you. Uh, we we tend to trip over our words way more than our guests, and I realized that when I was announcing to our guests, like, don't worry, we edit heavily. And then I was like, that never seems to be a problem for our guests. <laughs> it's really a problem for us, though. Maybe we're bad at this, and our guests should all just go form a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a 900 person podcast they're all no. talking over each other i think there's also something in the like discomfort of you know a guest is less likely to say something that they think will be embarrassing whereas you guys are more likely to like you guys are just doing the stream of consciousness kind of reporting on this stuff right with yeah. some yeah. structure but it's a little bit different than just yeah. chiming in because you have an opportunity i say we start having a molly segment where she positively reinforces all of our uh all of our things we think are flaws i think that's good i think we should do that more often you guys can tune in next week for me and shauna's review show (laughs) here's the trick i will do a review show in half the time that the actual show is you probably do it in five minutes like yeah (laughs) not great Uh, i would pay i would if you guys start a patreon to record one five or ten minute (laughs) review episode of one of our episodes, I will contribute. Now, that's not going to really make fiscal sense for Shauna, but <laughs> um, for you, with the wedding coming up, you know, you just need to convince her. Yeah, that works. Great. That would probably be our most listened to episode. If we got <laughs> both of them to just do a, a quick review in the same format of one of our episodes... I don't even want to review it. I want to just get on with Shauna and perform our best version of what we think happens here based on what we've heard over the last two years. Because, like, I'm sure it would actually sound kind of good. Yeah. It would be. But we would make up a movie. Right, like it doesn't. Uh, well, she really wants to talk about Willard. <laughs> yeah, you guys have to watch the rat that movie. Could, that can be the Willard. You want to watch the rat movie? Wait, is that okay? So I didn't understand that's what we were talking about because I didn't. I'm bad at. There's movies. rats in it. It's mostly about but rats. It's... 
about a man who controls the rat. Yeah, well, he well, doesn't so control. It's like a kid's movie. He's though, a rat. Right? No, it is not a kid's movie. It's, it's like well, supposed to be like theoretically, a I think. No, no, it's like a PG thirteen like horror movie. Oh, uh, is this the one with earlier earlier Ermy in it? Oh yeah, Crispin it is. Glover? Crispin Glover and um the uh, why am I forgetting her name from Mulholland Drive? Not uh, not Naomi Watts. I think I'm thinking of Stuart Little, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's do it where where she watches Willard and you watch, <laughs> you watch Stuart Little, <laughs> and you guys share your thoughts. Honestly, that's kind of what it sounds like listening to you guys report, record. Yeah, I guess I, I was yeah. hoping we had some chemistry, but apparently it sounds like we're not even talking about the same movie. But I don't hear you, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you won't. I only hear what Pete is saying. So in my head, I'm just filling in whatever. Oh, I. Trust me, I have the same conversation with Shauna. I get it. <laughs> um, where she uh, will a lot of times understand my part very well. So this was a fun thing where this you got fun. to hear that, that, that Peter, A, not talking to himself for two hours every single Tuesday. Uh, that feels that feels good, right? That he's not sitting there. Yeah. I talk to nothing. myself every for two hours every Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> You're not here for that. You're not invited. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what, well, how does that podcast go? <laughs> it's kind of like if... You watched Willard and he watched Stuart Little. <laughs> only there's just me. <laughs> it's, just only it's just Peter him talking both. about Stuart Little. <laughs> uh, welcome to our uh, 5,000 of Stuart Little chat. The <laughs> podcast I record with no one and keep in a vault in my apartment. <laughs> so um, what is the theme? You said it's summer camp. Summer camp, yes. So what's the next one? So thank you. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's great segue. Wow. Well, they are. Uh, yeah, the, so next the next one, one is, is uh, ooh, The Burning. The Burning. Uh, is this a Pete and Aaron episode? And then we're ending the um, month with Wet Hot American Summer with Anthony Pizzo. Uh, so we are very – we're going to end with the best summer camp movie and the best movie of all time. As it is the best movie of all time. So, um, And then, yeah, next month, the month after that, uh, we haven't figured out the schedule, but you guys voted on it. Uh, and it is Joe – Dante, somewhere where we're doing The Burbs, uh, Gremlins 2, Matinee, and Rock and Roll High School. And I, I'm i starting to think Joe Dante might be my favorite director, at least from like an aesthetic and a viewpoint uh, perspective. And so He's I, certainly one of the most fun directors out there, and he's made a lot of movies that I love. And we're going to be talking about four of them. Uh, well, three of them. I've never seen The Burbs. Much to my, uh, it's like one That's of two. So exciting! I love one the of, verbs. It's one of two Joe Dante movies I have never seen, and it's because I watched like twenty minutes of the Burbs at one point, and before I was really into like Joe Dante, and I thought it was stupid, and then somehow I just never circled uh, back to it. But this that was like an eleven year old at like a sleepover to some movie I wasn't really paying attention to, and was like, "This is weird." Oh, I didn't like it this. as a kid either. I like I like it as an adult. <laughs> It's so I'm really, very excited for that. It's really gross and weird movie. Um, but uh, I haven't seen Rock and Roll High School or Matinee, so that's... Oh, my God. This could be such a good month. Yeah. It's going to um, be a fun summer. It's just... It's already a fun summer. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, it's technically spring. Uh, <laughs> good night. Good night. That's that other guy. I'm screaming, what the fuck is up? Like, I ain't seen the sky. The shit I'm doing this year? Insanity. Made the beat that murdered it. Casey Anthony These rappers won't know what to do Cause all I did was act me like a Looney Tune And I'll give you all of me until there's nothing left I swear this summer will be summer camp Bitch
Hey folks, thanks for listening to We Love to Watch. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we've got just a few quick announcements for you. There ain't nothing in the rule book that says that we can't do some of our own plugs, baby. If you'd like to talk to us, uh, tell us we're stupid, tell us we're beautiful. The quickest way to get to us is our Facebook group, facebook.com slash we love to watch, or our website, wltwpodcast.com. Leave us a comment, tell us we're doing a good job. Only tell us we're doing a good job. We're so sensitive. We're sensitive boys. We're soft boys. And uh, if you'd like to help other people, if you enjoy our show and want other people to be able to listen to this fine, fine program that we produce at no cost, we don't get any money for this. You guys have yet to pay us anything. We live and we breathe off of good reviews from iTunes. So if you would please go to iTunes, review our show, give us a positive rating. We would love to get more and more people involved in this show and this community. I know you hear it all the time, but it really does help. And we're also available, if you don't use iTunes, we're also available on Google Music, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're currently on SoundCloud. We'll take that out if SoundCloud goes away. (laughs) That's it. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned, guys, on our Facebook page especially. We're going to have a lot more polls, a lot more prizes, and a lot more uh, interaction with you guys. So keep it tuned in. Uh, Let us know what you guys are thinking. And again... Above all else, thanks for listening to We Love to Watch.